939 now. Thank you for hanging out. It is your morning ritual. Meet Garrett Lewis on KNST. And uh, this is a big deal, so we're going to jump right in right now with uh, State Senator Michelle Ugenti-Rita. Thank you so much for making time this morning. I think what you're doing is is fantastic. Um, your amendment, I have it. If people want to read it, it's only like a little over a page. It's on my page at KNST.com. Um, what is your goal with this amendment that amends, again, your original resolution to end the emergency order? Well, good morning, and thank you for having me. Yes, so this uh, is an attempt to find some middle ground, uh, which is how I often try to do business down here at the legislature. There has been opposition um, about repealing the emergency declaration straight out. You know, I, su- I support that, but I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with one or two votes here, and the governor has been very reluctant um, to, to want to have a conversation about a straight termination of the emergency declaration. So I said, you know, why don't I work with um, my counterpart in the House, uh, Representative Kavanaugh, and come up with something that mirrors what Texas is doing and other states are doing as a nice, um, significant, meaningful start uh, to to, to, um, the termination. So what the amendment does is say that if we are under 12 percent uh, hospitalization rate, which is we are right now currently. Um, we're going to get rid of the social distancing, and we are going to get rid of the mask mandates. We're going to encourage uh, social distancing and, and and mask wearing, but that will be up to each individual to implement if they want to. But it will no longer be a mandate. Uh, cities and towns and counties cannot vote for anything more restrictive than what this amendment outlines. Licenses can't be revoked. Uh, companies can't be penalized. Uh, citations or fines can't be issued. And so it really goes to the heart of the emergency declaration, but it does keep intact other provisions of, of the um, emergency declaration. And I think it's a nice, a nice balance. Um, and I think we could get the votes if, um, if we push it. I think this is great. Have you had any reaction yet uh, since you're down at the Capitol with the, uh, the T.J. Shope and, and Paul Boyer? Those are the holdouts right now. Uh, have you heard anything that they might be okay with this? Well, I'm I'm working with them. Uh, Mr. Uh, Boyer has uh, indicated that he's, he's open to it. A little bit more difficult to get um, uh, Senator Shope, but um, I think... It, I also have been looking at the House as well, and this seemed to get a lot more support than the straight termination, which I think is the cleanest way to go. But I've got to deal with the reality that I'm in, and there was some concern about it. Um, so this amendment alleviated a lot of concern on the House side as well. And it's it's really a meaningful, important step. To, to me, if, if, if the governor can't get here, then I, I, I'm really becoming suspect regarding his willingness to to, to to get rid of this outright. Um, because I think that this is, again, it's in line with what other states are doing. I think it's it keeps his emergency declaration intact. It doesn't um, terminate it. It keeps other provisions intact and d- just addresses the parts of the emergency declaration that people have had most problems with it. So it's a, it's a gesture on my behalf and other Republican uh, legislators' behalf to say, hey, work with us. Uh, give the public something meaningful, um, and let's show them that you understand the sacrifices that they have made and that you're working toward ultimately removing this outright. State Senator Michelle Ugenti-Rita is on KNST AIM 790. Have you had any reaction yet this morning from the governor's office? Any, any Anything from his people? 
No, um, I have not. So it's hard to know where they're at. Okay. Um, I would love to be, I'd love to be pleasantly surprised. Um, and, and, and look, we don't have to pass this amended resolution for this to happen. The governor has the ability to amend and adjust his executive orders right now. And I think that that's just fine. If he, if he doesn't want us to push this through, but recognizes that this is a nice middle ground, then I, I, I hope that he, that he makes the um, adjustments on his end. That, that would be satisfactory. It doesn't matter who does it. It just matters that it gets done. Did you, were you told anything by Senator Shope or Senator Boyer about what they're concerned about if the, if the resolution is uh, is is passed and the emergency order is is you know gone, what what concerns them? Because again, we we did this to flatten the curve, and there is so much hospital space that it's it's insane right now. We have vaccines, and we have we have ways to treat it. We know more about it now. So, any idea as to what uh, what is concerning them from wanting to give people the freedom back and businesses to to open up fully? Well, I think uh, Senator Boyer's. A concerned about cities and towns uh, going over and beyond uh, what the emergency declaration says, but I've taken care of that um, by putting a provision in there that says that they cannot do that, and uh, then they won't be able to. So he he is concerned about the city of Phoenix and others uh, going too far in 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 their rest- in their restrictions, and then Senator um, Shope. It's hard to say, and I don't, I don't, I don't like to speak for other members. He has been opposed, and, and he's been very clear about that. So he's been very forthright in, um, regarding his opposition. I think if maybe the governor signaled that uh, the governor was okay with some of these provisions, you know, may, maybe he would be more amenable to support it. But in terms of his his motivations, that's best a question for him. Okay, uh, I mean, because I'm hearing that Maricopa County wants to end their mask mandate uh, pretty quickly, maybe even in two weeks, and uh, or within two weeks. And, and uh, I know there are two members of the five that say they want to end it, and I, so it's going to be on the agenda when they meet next uh, a week from today. And it's it's also uh, they think that they have a third to join them, so they might be able to get rid of it right away. So I mean, you're giving the the governor a really big chance to act like he's out in front of this instead of playing from behind. And and it could be a bit embarrassing if all of a sudden the biggest county in Arizona says, we're done with this mask mandate and we're done with all this other stuff and we don't care what you're saying or doing. Well, I think that's a great point, and, and that's exactly right. What I'd like to do is instead of, you know, falling in line after all the heavy lifting has been done and after the writing's on the wall, lead. I want to lead on this issue. I, I want to show that the legislature, along with the governor's office, has been proactive and responsive to the people because eventually, I mean, you just had the city of Phoenix also uh, um, remove restrictions for their outdoor facilities like parks and, and, and recreation facilities. Those are now coming back online for use. So at some at some point, ultimately, if the governor does decide to do something, it, it's it's going to look like after the fact. And I'm, I I think it would go a long way to show that we're leading on this instead of having the cities and towns, you know, individually repeal their restrictions and mask mandates and social distancing requirements. So we have a limited window. I think that this is um, a nice medium approach. This is exactly what they're doing in Texas. Um, So it's not like I'm reinventing the wheel here. I I looked at Texas. This is uh, what 
many of the members in the House indicated was a lo- um, something that they could get behind, um, more balanced. So there's an opportunity. We'll see if he takes it. And, and just a couple more, if you don't mind. State Senator Michelle Eugenti reed is on KNST. This number, this 12% number, you know, you see politicians, and I'm not tearing into you for this at all, but you see politicians pick these random numbers. Is is there anything behind that if all of a sudden the amount of COVID cases that we have, if 12% or more end up in the hospital, you know, all of a sudden restrictions kick in? Where, where you know, is there anything behind this 12% number? Other than, uh, it was originally 15, but other than when vetting um, this proposal with members, this was the number the vast majority of members felt comfortable with. Um, that okay, it they didn't was, have any kind of science behind uh, it? You know, um, at some point you just do, you do have to just pick a number. Um, so <laughs> they felt like it had a nice balance between being high enough where, you know, it doesn't kick in too fast, but at the same time, if it does start to climb, there's a mechanism to bring back some of, some of the restrictions. But ultimately, you know, that even though some of the restrictions could be brought back um, if you reached the 12%, you still can't impose fines and penalties and suspend licenses, and you can't shut down businesses outright. It does reduce it back to the 50%. But, um, you know, this is just, you know, me along with, with my other caucus members trying to overcome some objections, find a balanced approach. Um, ultimately, you know, if I had it my way, it'd be the straight repeal. I think we're there. I don't think we need the emergency declaration to also manage COVID-19 and take care of our vulnerable populations. That's been a position I've had for coming up on a year now. Uh, but I am I, back to your kind of original point. This is just an attempt um, to, to, to get the governor to work with the legislature to get ahead of this issue and not look like we're playing from behind because that's going to happen. Yeah, and by the way, I love the fact that you say, yeah, if business wants to cut back to 50%, they can. But if they don't want to, they can't be penalized for wanting to make a living. And people can choose to go in there. If they think it's too dangerous, they can stay home or stay out of there. It's really it's really that simple. I mean, especially when we have so much hospital space, because nothing could stop Ducey again from doing another executive order where he could, you know, you know, ban whatever and lock stuff down and people would lose their minds. But but that could happen. So really quick, uh, Representative Kavanaugh seems to be on Team Ducey, seems to be kind of a, a mouthpiece. He was trying to push the Ducey talking points about how wacky mayors and counties can impose all, you know, all kinds of restrictions and you know, shut down businesses. The fact that he agreed to this uh, is that a, I mean, am I reading the tea leaves right? That's a pretty good sign that Ducey might agree to it, too. It's almost as if he's speaking for and with Ducey. Well, I think it is a good sign. I, I think Mr. Kavanaugh, which is my seat, he's my seatmate, I think he realizes that this is what the public wants. I don't, I can't go to one business without having this conversation. I, this is the conversation I have, along with election stuff, but, but this is like number, this is number one. Um, people are just, have reached their capacity uh, with these restrictions, and I, I, I think that um, Kavanaugh has heard from his district loud and clear that this is what the people want to see happen. And the fact that he's, you know, coming on board and he helped me draft, you know, draft the amendment. A lot of these were, you know, his ideas as well. And he shopped it in the House um, and, and, and made the pitch and worked with House members to um, to get their support. I think it, it I think it shows that, like, the the legislature wants to be on this issue. We we want we want to look we want to do something in regards to this emergency declaration and we're trying to 
use an olive branch and show the governor that here, this, this is something where we've got to win for everybody. Significant enough changes where the public should be happy. Um, but then it also preserves governor, your emergency declaration order. So that, that stays in line. And don't forget here too, that just because we're, repealing some of the provisions of, of the emergency declaration, the, the, the mask, the social distancing, things of that nature, that does not mean a private business under its own policy couldn't implement these things. I mean, if these were, if these provisions were removed, uh, whether by the legislature or the governor, you know, Costco, for example, could still require masks. It would be up to them. And, and honestly, if you're going to have private businesses enforcing these restrictions, then it ought to be born out of their policy. Um, so, so people want to continue to use, uh, to wear masks and, and social distances, by all means, go ahead. Nobody's precluding that. You won't be precluded. It just won't be a mandate. And I think that's really what the, what the public is saying. Like, if you're going to lecture us about personal responsibility, then give us the opportunity to demonstrate that we're responsible by making our own choices. Yeah. Uh, last one for me, uh, really quick, uh, State Senator Michelle Ugenti Reed on KNST. I had a caller call up a couple weeks ago, and he said that uh, his wife works at Banner Hospital down here in Tucson, and the COVID ward was empty, and now it's full of illegal uh, non-English speakers, he said. And there's a border crisis, right? We have illegal alien, they call them asylum seekers, or illegal aliens coming across the border like crazy. And now this guy's wife is saying his, is saying his wife says the, the COVID ward is full. And I had Art Del Cueto of the National Border Patrol Council on my show last week, and he said, yeah, whenever uh, an illegal shows symptoms, we take him to the hospital to get tested. And now all of a sudden I look at the Department of Health website, and we've had ticks up from 716, 716 COVID patients in hospitals in the state to 743 to 773. You know, now we're having illegal aliens here. Is this going to be used against us? I mean, it's nothing that we're doing wrong or we don't have the sickness the government's allowing them to come in from COVID hot zones, and it's going to look like numbers are going up, but that's not really the case. Well, I think you're really highlighting the next um, big policy discussion. I mean, clearly having individuals um, come in that are increasing our COVID-19 numbers impacts how we have to mitigate and manage COVID-19. Uh, so this is something that the federal government has been talking about abate they've been doing a terrible job uh, managing the border crisis but you know it's going to probably fall on border states as usual to do something about it gosh um, um i think we're all done with that and you know again i, I just hope that you guys highlight that that you know these the, the, if numbers start to go up i mean look what's coming across our border don't don't keep us locked down and businesses restricted uh, because the government's letting illegals in and it's jacking up the numbers. So we got to deal with dumb Pima County down here. They're so lefty, it's ridiculous. They're just wanting that. But thank you so much, State Senator uh, Eugenti Rita, for fighting so much for this. And as this continues, whatever we can do to help and get the word out, please let us know, okay? Absolutely. Thank you.